We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Before you are wise, after you are wise, in between you are otherwise. David Zindel from The Broken God. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Katie Chu and today's today's theme is the gift of hindsight. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity which is a top nonprofit honored by both GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please make sure to visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be a part of our mission to increase literacy as well as positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Please donate today at our website, which is again, bethestarur.org. And you can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. For our first segment today, we have Express Yourself reporter Siri Panindra with another installation of her segment, My Journey of Life. The best way to understand hindsight is, of course, through our own experiences in life. With that, take it away, Siri. Yeah, so Siri, um, so what do you feel exactly is hindsight, and where do you feel most teens then have to deal with hindsight? Hindsight is basically the perception of the nature of an event after it has happened. From experience, I would say that most teens deal with hindsight where they spend most of their childhood, which is at school. And there's a lot of pressure and high expectations put by parents because of the fast-paced world, and this causes a lot of hindsight for teens. Definitely. I mean, I think the teenage years are definitely a time when a lot of um, kids end up looking back on their past few years. But Seeing how you've mentioned how teens have to deal with a lot of hindsight, how do you think teens should do that, deal with hindsight and looking back? You personally have to choose how you will react to your experience. We all make mistakes. And you can see yourself as a failure, be miserable, or you can accept that in life, you sometimes won't perform perfectly. And it's not the end of the world. It's an opportunity to get to know yourself, to be patient with yourself, and to ultimately love yourself. And we learn much more from disappointment than we do from success. My favorite quote is actually by Marilyn Monroe, which is, I believe that everything happens for a reason. People change so that you can learn to let go. Things go wrong so that you can appreciate them and they're right. You believe lies so you eventually learn to trust no one but yourself. And sometimes good things fall apart so better things can fall together. Wow, I think that's a great quote. You know, it really sums up a lot of the lessons that I think we have to learn through ourselves in life. And I think this quote, again, kind of sums it up very well. Um, And so I wanted to ask you then, are there any experiences that you've had in your life that you would kind of associate with hindsight? Yes, I have plenty. And one of the incidents goes back to the time I lived in London. And my family and I had planned a 10-day trip to France, Switzerland, Italy, and Belgium. And our Shenhen visas had expired, so we had to go to the French embassy to get new ones. And on the day of the appointment, we had to switch from two trains and walk for 15 minutes to get to the embassy. We finally reached the French embassy building just two minutes before the 8 o'clock a.m. appointment. The chime of a nearby clock tower rang as soon as we entered the gates, and the guards immediately closed and locked the gate. And unfortunately, a young man who was in his late 20s around just arrived at the gate and noticed that the gate was locked. And he climbed over the 10-foot gates and tried to blend in with the crowd. 
And the embassy guards eventually pulled him aside and told him that he was insulting the embassy by not coming on time and by climbing over the locked gates. They also tore up and ripped his precious appointment confirmation letter even after he told the guards that he desperately needed to see his parents. And not to mention that getting an appointment with the French embassy takes about five weeks in advance. That was 10 years ago. And even now, whenever I'm running late to any appointment, or even if it's a small party, I think of that young man and wonder, did he get his embassy um, appointment? And I realized from this experience that I never want to be late and that I have to keep up with the time I scheduled. And ever since this incident, I made a commitment to wake up early and always keep a safety net. Wow, that's, that's really a memory to keep in mind, <laughs> to see a young man trying to, you know, get in, just coming a little late, but losing his appointment and an opportunity to possibly see his parents. That's definitely a reason why to be able to commit yourself to waking up early. I don't think I've had that kind of experience, but, you know, I do think that at some point people do end up looking back because of something they notice from other people or something they've experienced themselves. But I just want to ask another question on, you know, kind of thinking on the past or in the future or on now. How can we improve our foresight? I believe we can improve our foresight by, number one, learning from our mistakes by reflecting on the hindsight. And number two, taking full responsibility. For example, if I said, oh, I didn't score well on the test because of someone, we are setting ourselves up for no improvement. And by doing these two things, we are working to improve our foresight and not make similar mistakes in the future. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, you know, the interesting thing I think about hindsight is that, you know, it can be a double-edged sword, sort of. So, you know, we have the phrase, like, hindsight is twenty twenty, so that we can see and try and learn from our mistakes in the past, but then you also have to consider whether, you know, kind of relying on hindsight so much, is that necessarily a good thing? So you kind of have to find that balance between wanting to learn from your mistakes, but also not wanting to focus too much on the past and want to instead look to the future. So I was wondering... um. So I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we also have to kind of find this balance between looking at hindsight too much and too little? Yes, definitely. Focusing too much on hindsight is, in fact, harmful. And we have to learn from our mistakes by looking back at our past. But ultimately, we have to forgive ourselves for not having the foresight to know what now seems so obvious in hindsight. We cannot always think about what happened in the past, but we should use those experiences to move on and improve. Definitely. I think, you know, the phrase stuck in the past kind of gets, you know, said a lot, whether that's in literature, in movies, or just in regular conversations. People do get stuck in the past, whether it's because they regret something or they just can't get over something. But also people are always telling us to look back because of what we can learn from it and how we can improve from the mistakes we have made and what's really what's gone wrong in the past and how we can improve. But what are your thoughts on that, on using hindsight to really find a different way to solve things or just figure out solutions to things that went wrong in past experiences and how we can improve our behavior, ourselves, and so on? I believe that hindsight is like a second chance at life, and it's just a way to improve ourselves and learn from our mistakes and avoid such experiences in the future. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, Siri, I remember that you did a segment on here a few weeks ago where you talked a lot about how, you know, something like meditation can improve yourself. And I know you talked about your experiences with meditation. So I was wondering, um, could you kind of sort of combine that with hindsight in a way, kind of cleansing your mind of like the mistakes you made in the past, try not to make them in the future? I was just curious, or do you think you're able to kind of combine those two methods? Yes, so there's a lot of stress when we look back at our hindsight and, you know, all of the mistakes. And meditation is a method um, to make us simply breathe. And our stress makes us unhappy, sad, and frustrated. And it can even negatively affect our health. And basically, meditation involves uh, focusing on the breath or on a word or phrase. And it turns one's attention away from all of the regrets and all of the ex hindsight experiences 
And it basically turns one's attention away from these distracting thoughts and rather focuses on the present moment. That's very true. I think, you know, the way you just connected meditation and kind of dealing with stress has so much to do with hindsight. And since we've been talking about hindsight and foresight, the past and the future, I, was, I wanted to ask about kind of how much we should be focusing on now, I think, in the past, especially maybe in the previous year, I thought about, about hindsight. And then the years before that, I was totally focused on even thinking about the future. But right now, maybe because I'm a senior about to go to college and I'm like, if it's not this summer, when is it? But I've been thinking a lot about, about now rather than the future or the past. So what's your opinion on how much we should be thinking about now? People may think that's rash or, you know, you should be thinking a lot about the future and the past. But what are your thoughts on that? I believe you should always be focusing on the present compared to the past and the future. Because if we focus too much on the hindsight and the past, we tend to blame ourselves for what has happened and not improve in the future. And in fact, hindsight bias is when people think that they knew their mistakes all along. And this causes people to become overconfident and not improve in the future. So I feel we should find a balance by improving from our mistakes in the past, using that to improve the future, but also thinking about the present. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree. I think you and Katie brought up an important point when you guys mentioned stress. And I think you're right about having to find this balance because I do think this, you know, like too excessive self-reflection can definitely cause stress if we think too much about what happened in the past, if we worry too much about what will happen in the future and we don't spend enough time kind of thinking about the now, the present, then I think, you know, that opens up a whole new set of problems. And I do think that, you know, like a lot of things in life, we do need to definitely find that balance. And so, um, yeah, I wanted to thank you, Siri, for another awesome segment here on Express Yourself. I hope you will come join us again soon. Um, Unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this segment. But listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity, which brings you this program. We have lots of fun events coming up, so make sure to also check out BeTheStarYouAre.org and follow our blog. I'm Joven Handel. And I'm Katie Chu. Watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. In addition, Be The Star You Are founder and Express Yourself producer Cynthia Bryan has just authored a brand new book, Growing With The Goddess Gardener. It's now available at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store. With 25% of proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself, make sure to keep listening as we continue our conversation about the gift of hindsight. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Jovan Hundle, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, which is brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Today's show is all about the gift of hindsight. And I'm Katie Chu. In this seg- next segment, we have an amazing guest lined up for us. We have Jan Mundo, author of the Headache Healer's Handbook. Jan didn't plan to become a headache healer, but in 1970, she learned that she could relieve headaches by putting her hands on the front and back of the head. Hundreds of headaches, and 21 years later, she became a certified massage therapist, 
trained in energy and intuitive work, learned about headaches and complementary medicine, and opened her practice in California. She translated her method into a touch protocol and designed a mind-body self-care program and trained in mind-body therapies, earned certifications in body-centered and conscious relationship therapy and somatic coaching and so on. She has held various programs and lectures at many medical centers, universities, corporations, and conferences, such as Stanford University and the International Headache Congress of 2001. Now let's welcome Jan onto the show. Hi, Jan. Hi, Katie. Hi, Joven. We are so glad to have you here today. So we heard that you just released an amazing handbook, the Headache Healers Handbook. I just want to know, what is your book about? Well, my book is about how people can take their health in their own hands, literally and figuratively, (laughs) and with mind-body therapies and paying close attention to really everything in their lives, can learn how to both prevent and relieve their headache and migraine pain and their cycles of pain. Interesting. And so what first inspired you to write this book and even going a little farther back uh, what inspired you to first enter this field as katie mentioned in her intro i discovered a way i heard in 1970 before any of you were (laughs) even a mere thought (laughs) that one could um put their hands on the front and back of the head and stop migraine. And my mom had them when I was a kid, but I didn't really have them. And I just remember her lying in a darkened room, cold washcloth on her head, which is really typical for people who have migraines, and um, taking strong medication and not wanting to be around any kind of loud sounds or bright light or, you know, smells, like, just really to basically deprive one's herself of any external senses. And uh, so that was my experience growing up. And also, I used to be able to give her a fair amount of relief by massaging her neck and shoulders and, and easing out what she called the knots and spurs in her neck and shoulders. And so that was kind of my start, but I, you know, I was just a kid. I didn't really think about it. And then after I learned about this therapy, which was when I was about, it wasn't really a therapy. It was just an idea that one could put one's hands on the head and, and relieve migraine pain. I started experimenting with it. And when I started experimenting with it, I became basically a magnet for anybody who had them. So wherever I went, if I was, shopping somewhere, if I was at a family gathering, if I was at a party, somebody would exclaim that they had this horrible migraine. They'd either have to go lie down or leave the party or go take a pill, whatever it was. And so I was curious each time if this method would work because I was really just experimenting with it. So I would say, well, I could help you. And they didn't even know that I could do anything. They would just somehow exclaim it. That's why I said I was a magnet because they didn't even know So somehow I was attracting these people that had them. And so lo and behold, I would just take them either into a corner of a room. One time I remember I took somebody who was a Gap employee (laughs) in a Gap dressing room and worked on them. Um, I was at a a makeup counter at a department store and worked on them. So, you know, and then the, the just in five, 10 minutes, their headache would be gone and they would be amazed and I would be really amazed because I'm like, oh, it worked again. So I experimented with that informally for about 21 years. And then after that, um, I also was starting to get them myself. And um, that's because I was going through change of life early um, in my early 40s, um, which is called perimenopause, which means that your menstrual cycles get unpredictable because you're about to go through menopause. And so one of the symptoms of that is migraines. And so I then started working on myself even more. And then I started doing a lot of reading about 
mind-body therapies and about migraines, and I found out what a huge problem they actually are. And I thought, well, that's interesting because I can relieve one in minutes, and here they are, this huge problem. And then I started putting together a program for relief and prevention that was mind-body therapies, so meditation, breathing. I did a lot of reading about diet and what would help. Um, and posture and all the stress and tension. I became a certified massage therapist, and then I became a, a certified coach. So a, a somatic coach was it's like a body-centered coach, which teaches you how to access your feelings and your emotions in your body. So kind of put all that together in a program. And I had been, I created handouts and um, all that, which I'd been using for like 25 years after that. But what I found was um, I really needed to put it together in a book because I was speaking and telling my clients all the and, and students who took my classes all the information in between the handouts because the handouts were really bare bones, just more like lists so that they could easily access them, easily read them. But all the explanation, all the other things that had to do with um, all the subtleties and all the reasoning and all the background of why they should do what and when they should do it and how they should do it. That was all what I spoke. So I put that all into the book. Wow. That's, that's just an incredible, you know, reason for inspiration and, you know, a path that led you all the way to here where you're, you know, giving conferences, going to universities, corporations, you even have a book out now all about this, but when you were mentioning earlier how you used to massage your mother because of her migraines, I was completely able to relate. I think my mom has very com- frequent migraines and half the time she'll take an Advil and half the time I'm massaging her and I've kind of been doing it since I was young. And I think everyone knows a good number of people who either have headaches regularly or just have them once in a while, but people just haven't thought enough about ways to solve them and kind of, you know, pass it by as, oh, it'll pass and haven't really been able to do what you've been able to do, create all these programs and treatments. But talking about your treatments, I want to ask, what is a body, mind, a holistic somatic self-care program? And what are the benefits of working with headaches in this way, in the way you decide to treat them? So a holistic program means that you're working with the whole person. So, you know, some people might work with diet and try and solve their headaches or migraines that way. Some people might work with their stress, like meditation or breathing and try and solve their migraines that way. Some people might work with, you know, get a massage like you've been doing, which is awesome. But really, we're not just one thing or the other. We're all of it, right? That we're our diet, we're what we eat and drink and when, we're the stress in our bodies, we're the stress that we experience in the world, and um, all those things are related to breathing. So we're all of it. So when you look at, we're really working with the whole person, and that's what makes the difference is really not just doing one thing or the other. And with everybody, it's a little different. That's what makes it so fascinating. Every person, of course, is unique. And so every person's headache or migraine is also unique. So when we're working with, um, say, you're working with somebody and or you have somebody has a headache or migraine, maybe theirs is more geared toward um, dietary triggers. So triggers are what? throws you over into a migraine, right? So maybe for some people, there's more of a dietary factor. For other people, maybe there's more tension in their bodies, like in their shoulders and neck and head and face. Maybe that's just where they hold it, right? Some people, maybe it's more connected to their posture. So it's usually combinations of factors, but with each person, oftentimes one one facet or one type of trigger, or one set of triggers, is more predominant than others. And um, why why I think it's effective is, you know, a lot of people take medications for migraines, and um, that can be good for both relief and prevention. But what can happen, whether it's over-the-counter medications or 
uh, prescription medications. And I'll just say, I'm not a doctor. I don't diagnose and I don't prescribe, of course. But there is research that shows that when you take medications, whether they're over-the-counter or prescription for pain relief, that they can become, basically your body becomes habituated to them, which causes rebound headaches, which means that the more you take, and it depends on what kind of medication you take, so different kinds of medication, um, that effect can occur, you know, a different, um, d- depending on how much you take, it depends on the medication, right? So, um, but say for over-the-counter medication or even from, 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 from some, some migraine drugs, um, if you take it 10 times a month, and that's only two and a half times per week, then that can create this rebound effect, which is... Um, you start getting more frequent headaches and the the pain becomes worse. So the very things that you're taking to relieve your medication, uh, I'm sorry, to relieve your pain, actually make it worse. And not a lot of people know that. And then a lot of people take combinations of medications. So they might take some over-the-counter medication. They might take um, some prescription medication from their doctor. And they might have caffeine. So they might have coffee or tea or caffeinated drinks like an energy drink or um, soda that has caffeine in it. And so all that combines. So when you think about it, it's pretty easy to get to those that 10 times per month. And so, again, I don't advise people there, but that is the research. And so that's one of the problems. You ask what, you know, why I go this way and this method is because that can be an effect. All those side effects can happen um, when people take medications. And that's just my lifestyle, too. I've always lived a more natural lifestyle, and I try and do what's lowest on the chain of interventions. So that's just who I am and and how I live my life. And so I try and help other people do that who want to do that. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think it's interesting because this is a lot more you know like nuanced topic than I originally thought it would be because you know there's so many different factors that go into it and I can tell um, just from a lot of your answers that you know you've meticulously researched read about and you're very experienced in this field and so I wanted to thank you so much for appearing on our show I've enjoyed learning so much about your work in this segment um unfortunately we are at a time for this segment but we will be continuing our conversation in the next part of the show uh listeners be sure to learn more about Jan Mundo at www.theheadachecoach.com and also make sure to check out her book The Headache Healer's Handbook a holistic hands-on somatic self-care program for headache and migraine relief and prevention I'm Joven Hundle and I'm Katie Chu. Visit www.bethestarur.org for more information about Express Yourself and BTSYA. And look forward to chapters from our new anthology, Be The Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World. Go to www.bethestarur.org slash events to find out more about upcoming opportunities for spreading, spreading positivity as a part of our charity. This has been another segment of Express Yourself Teen Radio. Make sure to keep listening as we continue our enlightening conversation on the gift of hindsight. Show the world your smile. Be the star you if you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here on Voice America Kids. I'm Katie Chu, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we're extending a wonderful discussion about the gift of hindsight with another discussion with our incredible guest, Jan Munda. And I'm Jolyn Hundle. In the Hetty Cures Handbook, which she both illustrated and wrote, Jan shares her nearly 50 years of headache healing wisdom. In the Headache Healers Handbook, Munda shares her powerful, personalized, and comprehensive program for the first time. In step-by-step instructions, she helps readers discover and prevent the triggers and patterns that perpetuate their headaches and migraines, stop their pain on the spot, and transform their lives. In her caring and compassionate voice, she makes her techniques accessible to both occasional headache sufferers and those who have long felt misunderstood and misdiagnosed. Jan Mundo now lives and practices in New York City. She offers workshops, talks, and professional trainings nationally and internationally. And with that, let's welcome Jan back onto the show. Hey, Jan. Hey, Chobin. Hey, Katie. I'm so Hi. excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad that we have an opportunity to continue the excellent conversation we were having in the last segment. And just, you know, kind of diving right back in. So, you know, as a, you know, teen-oriented show, we do like to focus a lot on different issues in the world and applying them to teens. And to that end, actually, I wanted to ask, you know, about teen headaches. So we did talk about a little in the last segment how, you know, a lot of different factors can result in migraine headaches and it can differ a lot person to person. But I was wondering, are there any, you know, trends that you notice specifically for the teen demographic in regards to headaches? Yes. Well, just first of all, I want to say it's surprising, but up to 10% of kids and teens ages ages 5 to 15 and 28% of older teens ages 15 through 19 cope with migraine. And it's um, one of the five most prevalent chronic conditions that they suffer from. And so, you know, it's kind of surprising, right? And I've worked with kids as young as five and six years old and who've had them and then kids who can't remember not having them. You know, they they got them that young. And um, my take on that is that oftentimes their bodies read out the stress around them. And that could be due to tension at home, um, if there's divorce at home, there's family illness, um, family birth or death. Um, Some kids are coping or teens coping with bullying, trauma. Um, Maybe they relocated to a new home or new school or new city, and um, sometimes they receive negative messages about their diet or about their weight, about their appearance. Um, There's peer pressure, of course, and everybody copes with things differently, and some people, it results in migraine. Um, There's pressure to be perfect, right, to excel in school, and so that's happening, and that can, you know, really be one some of their triggers and then the other thing that happens for them is that they because they feel so sick um, and we haven't really talked about the symptoms of migraine um, but because they feel that way they they feel isolated and they're not able to participate in a lot of the activities that you would usually participate in as a kid excuse me or a teen and so they might um, not be doing sports they might not be doing after school clubs um they might not you know they might have to curb their social activities so they start to feel isolated and sometimes even depressed because they're always sick and um however i found that kids and teens respond well to information about their diet about foods about exercise they want to learn ways to calm down um, like meditation they're open to learning about breathing 
Um, they're open to learning about their posture and doing exercise. So it's just, you know, helping them little by little to learn different behaviors. I mean, we're all subject to what I call bent neck syndrome these days by using our, you know, phones, by using our personal devices and computers, like everybody's looking down. And so that's so bad for your posture because when you look down or you carry your head in front of, you know, down or head forward posture, as it's called, or even heavy backpacks where you have to in order to not be pulled backward and fall over on your back, you have to lean forward, kind of like you're pushing yourself into a strong wind. Like that's all head posture. And it's almost like you're carrying a bowling ball out in front of you. And so what happens when you do that is you're working the um, muscles in your shoulder and your neck and um, you're tightening them all the time. And so then people just get used to that posture and then they almost get frozen into it. And um, when you're looking down reading, just even with books. So it's really important to pay attention to your posture. Um, when, you know, so that's you know, some of the pitfalls of modern society. Um, the other thing is that when um, kids and teens are trying to make these changes, that it's always helpful to have their family be part of it. You know, a lot of times kids and teens will come in with their parents um, when they see me. And so I'll be teaching not only the kids, but I'll be teaching the parents about healthy diet. And that's really helpful, too, because they don't feel like they're so... They don't feel left out and they don't feel like they're, the kids don't feel like they're um, odd or like that they need special treatment. You know, everybody wants to fit in. Nobody wants to feel like, oh, you have to have a special diet, you know, or, uh, you know, I have to be this way or that way. They don't want to be treated differently just because they're sick. So if the family adopts healthy eating habits and health, other behaviors like um, healthy posture and healthy exercise habits and, and um, breathing in a lower in their bodies as opposed to high up tension type breathing, then, um, you know, they can all learn from each other and kids and teens won't feel so um, different just because they're sick. And so that's a stress reliever right there. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, you've just mentioned so many, so many issues and just trends that have led to teens getting headaches but equally we've also mentioned a lot of different ways that those headaches can be relieved or um, helped in some way but I wanted to ask you did mention earlier that we haven't had a chance to talk about symptoms so much in detail do symptoms differ across ages or do treatments also differ across ages between perhaps teens and you know older patients or adults well in working with them holistically and with mind-body therapies, um, as I do, the treatments are really all the same. It's just how you talk to people. <laughs> you know, like I might describe things differently or how to blend and reach people, blend with and reach people. So, you know, I might speak in different language and, you know, in order to reach a kid or teen than I would an adult, but it's really all the same material. Um, it's just like making it however I can make it accessible and digestible and get them to do it basically because nothing's going to change unless we do it right in order to make changes we have to change our practices and so by changing our practices then we get a different result so um, and then you asked something else oh about I would just say a word about different types of headaches so the types that deal with in the book are you know there are like 300 types of (laughs) headache classifications I don't deal with all those in the book and a lot of those are medically um, specific but I deal with major types so migraine you've heard me mention that and then I've mentioned headache and by that I mean more tension type headache and those are the most tension type headache are the most prevalent you know like in that those are the symptoms of those are like feeling a tight hat band around your head or like your head's being squeezed in a vice with migraines, it's a little different because they're not just in your head, as they like to say. Um, there really is a whole body phenomenon. So as I mentioned with my mom, um, and as you might have experienced with your mom, I'm not sure because you didn't say what kind that she of headache she had, but um, 
people can feel nauseated, they can vomit, they get really sensitive to light and sounds and odors, like everything seems amplified. You can barely move. Like if you just even move your head a fraction of an fraction of an inch, it will make your symptoms come on more strongly. So, um, and then people feel just basically wiped out. There are a whole lot of other symptoms that they feel and um, they experience. And then there's another kind of headache that I haven't seen too much. It's called a cluster headache, and that's because they come in clusters of time. And those people get really agitated. So differently than migraine, people don't want to lie down. They um, need to pace the floor. Those are mostly men um, who get them, uh, and um, they want to more bang their head against the wall and there's certain like piercing of the eye and tearing of that same side eye and same side nostril that they feel so it's really different than migraine and then there are dangerous headaches which are like the worst you've ever had in your life which people need to go right away to the emergency room or call their doctor their neurologist right away Um, those are dangerous headaches and then uh, medication overuse headaches I described those earlier in the earlier segment yeah, and you know, something that I think I've kind of found interesting when listening to your answers is that, you know, a lot of the suggestions that you're talking about, whether it's, you know, diet related, whether they're related to combating, you know, the kind of teen stress causes that you were talking about a while before, um, you know, something that I think is interesting is that, you know, even um, if you don't have, if you don't get these really debilitating migraines, um, even if you don't get these really debilitating migraines or other headaches, you know, I think a lot of the suggestions you've been giving out are just, you know, a lot of really great ways to live an active and very healthy lifestyle. Um, especially like you were talking about, you know, how kind of the looking down syndrome that we have when we <laughs> all these electronics. I think something that you've really kind of hit the you nail know, on the head then that a lot of these things that you're bringing up are really good ways for us to live healthy and active lifestyles. Yes, absolutely. There are a lot of, you know, all the that information, all the ways that I really describe how to do everything and how to keep track of it. And it's not just, well, meditate. I tell you how to meditate. It's not just breathe. Same. I tell you how. It's not just diet. I tell you how to have a healthy diet. So all those things are good for anybody, really. And um, diet is really also so important for teens. I mean, we're in fast food diet country, right? And we people um, just automatically grab what they can. And a lot of times it's um, high on sugar and carbs. And, you know, it's important for people who have, especially who have migraines, to have more protein and eat um, often. So, eat about six small meals a day or three meals and three snacks, but have protein, um, try and incorporate protein in each one and cut cut down on sweets. Right. I think it's great that we've been able to talk about how for different causes of headaches or migraines, there is a solution or a way to relieve those, um, those pains, whether that's by diet or by hormones or by stress reduction. But Wow, it's been so, so great talking to you and hearing about all this information, this insight into migraine treatments and relieving headaches. This incredible, this conversation was definitely an incredible one. But unfortunately, we are out of time again for this segment. But make sure to check out Jan's work at www.theheadachecoach.com. And be sure to check out her book, The Headache Healer's Handbook, a holistic, hands-on, somatic self-care program for headache and migraine relief and prevention. I'm Katie Chu. And I'm Jovan Hundle. And in addition, I also want to thank Jan for all her amazing insight. Um, something that especially jumped out to me was the prevalence of these headaches among teenagers and younger children. Now, I had no idea about something like this. Um, and so, yeah, thank you, Jan, for appearing on our show. And listeners, make sure to find more information about our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Make sure to also follow Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself at bethestaryouare.org to support our show and find more segments like these. I'm Jovan Hundle, and again, during the break, be sure to check out our 501c3 literacy and positive message media charities. And when we come back, we'll be returning to our discussion on hindsight. Hindsight. 
Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Jovan Hundle on Express Yourself, and today's theme is the gift of hindsight. And I'm Katie Chu. In this last segment, we'll be closing out an awesome hour-long show about the gift of hindsight with a new segment, 2020 Vision, by deb- debuting Express Yourself reporter Kenneth Chun. Kenneth Chun is a rising junior at Cupertino High School in California. With a growing interest in writing, speaking, and the arts, he has participated in competitive debate worked at a broadcasting studio, and currently works as a photo editor for his school's newspaper, taking pictures as well as writing reports and opinion pieces. Most days, if he isn't doing his schoolwork at swim practice or helping out at his parents' cafe, he's probably relaxing at home, watching a movie, or listening to his favorite music. With that, let's welcome him onto the show. Take it away, Kenneth. Hi, everyone. I'm Kenneth, and for my first show, to be on beat with the theme of hindsight today, I'll be talking about the special way films provide an avenue for reflection. The movies and images are inherently linked to memory in the past. The recordings of stories that are born from the culture at the time or of actual history in the main sense humans used to interpret the world, sight. And while certain images and moments might trigger memories and such, there's a part of public reception and memory, which I'd argue is more telling than anything. The best examples are usually ones that have a changing opinion of them. If you can see why and how a person or group's viewing experience has changed, you can see why and how that person or group's mindset has changed. This usually comes in the form of cult films. Cult movies are films that garner a special audience, usually over time. Weird, often experimental films that people find a special connection to, whether it be because of striking visuals, fresh stories, or characters. Uh, They tell us about how people look at their entertainment. 1982's Blade Runner, while not an immediate hit, became a beloved science fiction classic over time. It's famous for its groundbreaking sets, lighting with a stark, moody look, glazed with flashy neon colors. Its sequel, 2017's Blade Runner 2049, seemed to honor the visual style of its predecessor, using long, wide shots and a slow but tense pace to really show off its cinematography and atmosphere. But the movie failed massively, making Dick only a little over half of its budget of $150 million. Critics loved it, but the public mostly held the opinion that it was boring. Complaints centered around a lack of action and the slow plot progression. People didn't want a slow, moody film anymore, especially when they're marketed as big blockbusters. People wanted the fast, exciting spectacles that came with updated effects and budgets. That kind of atmosphere was meant for old 70s and 80s movies and wouldn't be able to fly today. But other than that, other films can tell us much more than just about the film industry itself. One movie that has been receiving more and more attention recently is the 1997 sci-fi film Starship Troopers. To briefly summarize the movie, Starship Troopers revolves around an interspecies war between humans and insect-like aliens in the future. Surrounded by other sci-fi blockbusters at the time, like Independence Day and the Star Wars prequels, the movie stood out with its strangely awkward acting, cinematography, and storyline. The leads are attractive and cheerful, but look and behave empty like stock movie characters designed by computer, the costumes and sets are gray and ugly, and shots are dull and imaginative. In the end, there doesn't seem to be a significant shift or revelation that changes these characters for the better, either. When the film came out in theaters, it was panned by critics for being shallow or confusing, and it tanked in the American box office. Acclaimed film critic Roger Ebert called it, quote, violent kitty movie pitched at 11-year-old science fiction fans. 
for a dumb movie, dumb B movie that got no reward for no risk, right? Well, now audiences seem to be warming up to it more as they look back, and it makes sense. In our current environment, it's becoming much easier to see what Starship Troopers was trying to do back then. The film was a criticism of the U.S. It was a full-on satire revolving around America's lack of self-awareness. And it was this exact lack of self-awareness that kept American audiences from appreciating it. It was almost designed to fail in order to prove a point. The characters in the film are so blinded by their society's self-righteous values, they fail to change or break the cycle. The dullness of the filmmaking was intentionally used to create an atmosphere of ignorance and naivety. Clichés are forced into the film, seemingly breaking the natural plot. The change in opinion about one movie says a lot about the culture of the 90s and our culture today. It's like an anchor for a look back. America seemingly peaked in the 1990s. The economy skyrocketed. The country was starting to get over the worst of the drug and HIV crises. And artists were making huge leaps in music and fashion. In hindsight, people apparently felt a little too good as to not know when to dial their pride back. Uh, the public was blind to Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers' criticism and in fact rejected it. Now, on the other hand, political division and frustration are high, and Americans are whipping up soft reflections left and right. The fact that the satire is so clearly visible now is evidence of this fact. People are more cynical, so they appreciate wealth and cynicism. Of course, all these connections to society could really be just perfect coincidences. There's no way to know for sure. But I think it makes a lot of sense that movies are such huge indicators of change, being the cultural artifacts they are. Definitely. And I think it's really interesting that this film in particular, you know, it may not have been as accessible to audiences when it first came out, but now we see it becoming more and more topical. And I think that's something really special with art, that art, you know, its meaning maybe becomes more important over time. Maybe there's different meanings from it. But, you know, I think, yeah, that's the beauty of art. Um, And so I wanted to ask you then. So why do you think that movies have this um, very visible effect of kind of becoming representative and compared to other sorts of mediums? I think it's mostly to do with how many parts go into making a movie with acting, visuals, writing, all that. It's almost impossible to keep out a lot of that culture's influence into being channeled into one movie. So it becomes kind of like, like I said, an artifact of that time, which makes it really special as something people can look back on. Definitely. Definitely. That's a really good point to make with the fact that it really depends on time and what kind of period and atmosphere it is for movies to become a hit. Well, what a great segment. I want to thank Kenneth for appearing on our show for the very first time, and we hope to see him back soon. With that, however, we're running out of time, and it is sadly time to say farewell. We give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Katie Chu. And I'm Jovan Hundle. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at bethestarur.org. And until next week, remember, be kind, understand the past through hindsight, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines If you would let yourself